0: Hi friends, believe it or not, we are halfway through the first season of Soul. So I wanted to take a minute and see how you're doing. Since our last check-in, I did some really deep reflection at a mindfulness retreat, and it was eye-opening. I didn't know how much I needed to heal until I let myself have the space to do it and it was really refreshing. I realized that I had spent a lot of time this year thinking about the future or the past and wishing that time could speed up, but I can't control time. I can control how I feel in this moment. And when I can't control how my body reacts to something I can recognize it and allow it to exist. I won't tell you what to do, because mindfulness was a choice that I made. But my wish for all of you is that your heart can be ready for anything, because it's stronger than you know. After all, you've made it this far. So let's sit back, get comfy and let the light in. I'm Sienna Chanel and welcome to Soul, a podcast that shares food for thought rooted in culture. Every episode, I sit down with a Black or Latinx woman to talk health, wellness, and self-love. Today we feature two guests, Amy Kichis and Mariah Bermeo, the co-founders of Veggie Mijas. Welcome to Seoul. this is Sienna Chanel, and today we have Amy and Mariah, the vibrant Veggie house co-founders in the house. How are you both today?
1: <laughs> hey y'all, um, I'm good. I'm actually like, I'm feeling great today. Um, yeah, if, the sun is out right now, so it, it's feeling great.
2: I feel that same energy, Mariah. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing really <laughs> wonderful today. Um, I'm just like doing work and focusing on myself, visiting my parents in New York City, Mm -hmm. so it's all
0: the good
1: vibes. For real.
0: We love good vibes. I'm also from New York, so I have a lot of family in the city as well, already getting off on a great foot. Um, So I love me a good origin story, Um, and I think that Veggie House is a really rich origin story so let's start off with you two specifically how did you both meet
1: Maybe you want to go off or should i you you go you go (laughs) okay um how do we officially officially meet (laughs) uh it was (laughs) wow actually if you really think about it it was the night at michelle's right yeah Um, oh my god that was the night we officially met so um I was on the psychedelic and um, Amy comes in through the door with like this very vibrant, like warmth energy. I was actually um, tripping with her sister. This was my junior year in college. Um, We, I didn't know then, um, well, I kind of knew they were a part of a sorority. Uh, This was just like my first encounter here in Syracuse, getting to know everyone. um, And I felt like really good connection um, with, this specific sister Michelle and um she said that her friend Amy is gonna come over and that's when I met Amy like from that first embrace and hug um and everything we discussed that night uh which I feel like opened up so many thought processes that we have that kind of built what we are now in a way yeah that's
2: that's the first time I met you, Amy. Yeah, and I think like even in that first instance, we had we had such a like thought out conversation, like really heartfelt yeah.
1: conversation
2: um, about all of the things that we were really passionate about. And I think that at the time we were really young, so it gave like a lot of possibilities to then work together as well from the get go.
1: From the get go. Yeah, it was definitely like just letting it all out and um, conversating uh, What like till four in the morning, five in the morning until like, we're just like tired of um, and I felt like it was also that very night where I'm like, I found people that um, think similarly, you know, uh, um, specifically within low income working class. Uh, Yeah, that was amazing.
0: I love it. It already sounds like you had this really beautiful sisterhood dynamic before Veggie Mijas, which is really built on sisterhood, yeah. right? Um, so how was okay. Veggie Mijas born? Take it away, Mariah.
1: So Veggie Mijas, um, as it first began to where it is now, um, were two different things. You know, Amy and I, we were just talking um this was when she just graduated and I was going into my final year of college and we were I remember being in our porch and um we were just talking about like inaccessibility um I remember Amy had uh was learning how to drive around that time and so we were just (laughs) talking about how like it's crazy that we have to go like drive out that far to um Wegmans To get food, you know, and this was during the summer. So this one there was like less people within the campus area. So it made it even more difficult to get around. Um, and we were just talking about inaccessibility and um the veggie miha's was created right there, and then it was uh we were basically talking about like, yeah, like we should create a profile full of like recipes and um just talk about like food systems and talk about intersectional issues on top of that. And then Amy right there making the Gmail and then us like figuring out the name, like, okay, like what what is it gonna be? Um, yeah, Veggie has And it, it's just like, I guess, encouraging each other and um, really just thinking like, okay, this, you know, this could kind of be a thing, but like, you know, for fun, for shits and giggles. Um, and then Amy actually brought it up to like a whole new deal and I feel like Amy you should definitely speak more on like the second half of Veggie Mijas.
2: Yeah so after you know uh, Mariah stayed at Syracuse uh, finishing her studies and I was done so I came to New York City and I was like dang I really miss our vegans of color uh, community that we kind of had going mm-hmm. um, and I wanted to make more of that and I wanted more friends And I was telling Joanne, and I was literally in bed, and I was like, I just want a very small group of people. Like, I just want friends. I'm not looking for anything. Um, And then all of a sudden, I was like, let me just rebrand Veggie Mijas. And I made it into a collective where folks can share recipes um, and share any any um in topics of like what they wanted to talk about with veganism and their marginalized identities um, mm-hmm. but then i started like capturing more people from outside of new york that also wanted to join um, and we had our first potluck in the bronx and folks you know opened their doors without really knowing what veggie Me house was going to be like mm-hmm. but we had a potluck and brought people together with food and many people saw that. And then we started opening chapters in Oakland, Chicago, um, LA uh, to now having 12 chapters around the States. So, so yeah, it was very, it was a team effort for sure. Um, and I think that we ju- we both came with our ideas of how we wanted to make Veggie has work and it came to life without, without knowing what we were really doing at first.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a lot of learning definitely.
0: Yeah, Um, I just think it's so awesome how you had this this small idea of just wanting friends, right? And then it grew into a community that literally spans every corner of this country. So how have you been able to maintain that over the years?
1: Mariah, take it away. (laughs) Yes. so we actually have a board of directors, leadership team, organizers, um, and coordinators. And basically, we have people volunteering their time and putting in the efforts and believe in the mission um, and their individual mission when it comes down to our food systems. Um, and we basically cultivated an organizational structure that's not solely based on what nonprofits are or like should be it's very communal based it's very democratic it's um t- speaking on these issues and also uh understanding each other's how do you like understanding each other um which i feel like we're even working towards even more like solidifying what that looks like what that means five ten fifteen years down the line um amy what's up <laughs>
2: um I think you've covered it all basically um we do a lot of teamwork as well we have a lot of monthly topics where we learn about each other's resources and what we can learn from each other um and like Mariah said I think that there was a lot of growth and a lot of learning uh within us and how we create a structure and for what right like what is our goal and what yeah. is our mission um and kind of uh rethink about what our what our goal is and what does community look like to us um especially when you have an internet platform but you don't want to just base it off an internet platform and that really isn't the goal either right the goal is to actually do community work so i think having these conversations have have really shaped uh what the vajimi has team looks like um how much time it takes to be organizers and being vajunijas
1: mm-hmm. because
2: it's for it's for a bigger purpose for food justice and um for justice in our communities
0: that's so uh that just really resonates with me that is all that i want
1: <laughs> from the health and wellness space
0: <laughs> Um, I noticed that your events are only open to people of color. So what inspired that decision? Um, so, uh, you know, in the beginning, it was
2: only, at, for it like, it was always a women of color, trans folks of color, folks of color um, collective, where, you know, people can share their recipes and stuff. But, you know, after we started having potlucks, we were like, this should be definitely POC-centered or POC-only spaces uh, where people can feel comfortable in sharing their stories. Um, and whenever I've gone to, to the potlucks, people always, at the end, they're like, wow, I have never been able to share that story because, you know, there was always vegan white vegans around that would make me feel really mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, white veganism is a whole other uh, topic that we can probably discuss of, but, you know, it was, it was a space, it's a space where people feel like they can speak to their own peers and like they wouldn't feel judged, or they wouldn't feel uncomfortable, um, or that other people can relate, right, to their Mm -hmm. own stories, um, and kind of have a conversation as to why we can relate and why, um, how we can deconstruct vegan veganism in our families as well um Mm -hmm. so yeah it's it's definitely a space for folks to feel safe and welcomed yeah there is a lot of um topics and a lot of uh issues that obviously white vegans don't go through Mm -hmm. that folks of color vegans go through like food justice and uh food apartheid in our communities um Mm -hmm. so even talking about that is like it takes vulnerability to like open up and see how and talk about how it really is like in our neighborhoods and stuff and what we can do um so it's also about creating that justice for each other Mm -hmm. um rather than having outsiders be in that space as well
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i really Appreciated um, the acknowledgement of being an outsider um, because oftentimes because wellness is so white dominated, health is so white dominated and veganism is seen as a white um, diet or just a white way of living, it can feel like people of color are the outsiders, right and it's just nice to be in a space where everyone, all of the people who are considered other or are considered outsiders regularly just can open up and be vulnerable and that just really stuck with me. Um, so going into that a little bit more, what stigma have you faced as plant based people of color?
1: Well, I know for me, like, when I decided to transition, and it wasn't even to, like, full-blown veganism. Um, It was just, I didn't want to eat any meat. Um, My brother goes in and says, well, you can't save the world with that. And I'm like,
0: damn,
1: this is just, I want to just not eat that. And I remember Mm -hmm. being at a barbecue um, for my mother's birthday. And it was just, like, I I didn't realize how um, aggressive people can be towards a diet (laughs) Uh, and it was just kind of like my first like oh like damn that's how people think of other people that choose not to eat mean it's Mm -hmm. not that serious but okay but to some people it is um and realizing that is very personal the way we interact with our diet and um extremely social as well uh felt like it was a lot of learning it's still a lot of learning um a lot of the times when we have heard of veganism is very centered in um, this white narrative um, when it's not, it doesn't have to be at all. And it's unlearning recipes, how to make these recipes better to like make you feel good Um, and like consuming what you want to consume to make you feel better. And also like diet is as complex as it is. It can really help us shape the way we go on a day-to-day basis the way we think about mindfulness the way we think about holisticness as well and it's a lot of learning because this is something that is not taught to us um yeah
2: um for me like when i i became vegan uh plant-based five years ago now and I when I transitioned I first transitioned because my friend who was who is Dominican she gave me the book *Sister Vegan and Mm -hmm. I read it and I was like wow this is really incredible and a lot of information but I just didn't know how to do it or or have like another really strong reason to um and then I watched Earthlings and I was like dramatized. I was like, oh my gosh, never again, like these poor animals. I ate a veggie burger that day and haven't looked back since. Um but then I went into, you know, I was trying to find vegan spaces and I went into white vegan spaces um at Syracuse and I joined this club and I remember like not really relating, not understanding why people had such a black and white view about veganism um -hmm. I remember one time they dressed up as bunnies um and went to like uh, and got themselves into a cage and put like blood on themselves to demonstrate Mm -hmm. like the fur and I was like wow like this is this is not how you're gonna get the attention of like brown people (laughs) like to because (laughs) we have other issues to worry about you know like yeah It was just not complex to me, Um, and I didn't understand why, right? Um, And then I started to really just learn about veganism through folks of color and learn about, you know, through, like, or not even veganism, but just about food justice in general, right? Um, And learn through, like, my sister Melda or, you know, my sister Mariah here about food justice, and I was like, wow, this is, like, way more complex and started listening mm-hmm. more to vegans of color, like Lauren from Food Empowerment Project, um, or learn about research about how domestic violence is is attached to farm factories. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it was just so much more than just speciesism, but rather about how it affects our people. Um, and also, like, even not only just research, but focusing on like personal experience right like coming back home and being like wow like I didn't even notice that we didn't even have like fresh fruits or any if I wanted vegan food around here like like that's it like it would be a wrap like there's no vegan food around here like I would have to eat like fries for lunch Um, so even realizing that like it was just so much more complex that it was like how can white vegans just go around their life just thinking that it was it's really just about them and like their food when it's just so much more than that and I think that Veggie Me has, has really put those topics into light um, and has also shed light into like our experiences and our stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: What well, you were talking about Amy just made me think of all those times in high school where I needed to physically bring my own lunch because they just didn't offer vegetarian options. Um, mm-hmm. The only thing that they offered was pizza and cookies. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> and there was one day where I forgot to bring a lunch and I just felt so unhealthy that day because I was literally eating pizza, mm-hmm. cookies, and French fries. And I was like, this is just not the way that I want to live. Right. And that's true. That's true, like... Even mm-hmm. even
2: with that, like I remember when I was, you know, continuing the topic of how, how white vegans attacked, like I would uh I would sometimes go to like events to get free food and it was like this whole thing where we would text each other, like, hey, there's free food at this this um event, you should come through. And I remember just like going to these events and they wouldn't have like vegan options, but mm-hmm. they would have like rice mixed with chicken, right? And I would like take out the the chicken. And mm-hmm. if there was white vegans present, they would literally be like, oh my gosh, I thought you were vegan. It's not vegan because the chicken touched the rice. And, yeah. and I'm like, you're literally policing, A, what I can only eat because there's no time to eat because I need to go to class. Two, like, mind your own business. Like, how mm-hmm. are you, you trying to mm-hmm. police somebody else of what they're eating when that's, when you don't even know their situation? or Whatever, and like I'm not even eating the chicken on top of that. And even if I was, like, mind your own business. Like, it's like it's with white. It's so black and white to them that they don't even see the concept of like what someone can be going through or like why they're making that decision. And that's why you know some people are uncomfortable with the term vegan, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why folks are very like transparent about being plant based and. And I think that's so real because, you know, there are people like that. But, like, in my end, I'm like, dang, like, we were vegan before it even had a term vegan on it. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, it's ours to claim. So that's how I feel about it. But not everyone feels that way. And I feel like we should definitely respect that and the terms that they use. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: The complexities of diet, definitely. Um, yeah, and I hear you, Amy, when it comes down to being judged, you're just trying to live. You're just trying to, like, consume what you can, especially being in college, especially being first generation in college, trying to manage a busy schedule, trying to just um, be present in class and, make, like, working with what you have. Um, and it's, it's, like, not... I feel like the school we went to in particular, not everyone had to deal with all of these issues at all. Sometimes it was just like, it was catered to them. People could order out so many times if they wanted to. They had the accessibility of driving a car to go to a market. Um, And yeah, it just, it goes to show how food is not as easily accessible as as we think it is, but yet there's an abundance of it.
0: Yeah, Um, speaking as a vegetarian who doesn't like salad, (laughs) that really the whole experience of the chicken and the rice and what you were just talking about, Mariah, about accessibility really, really resonates. I went to an event, and we didn't get to pick what we ate beforehand. We literally just had to eat what was given to us. And they gave me a plate of chicken and rice and nobody in the room knew that I was vegetarian and I was the only Black person in the room as well. So it's like, what do you say when you're given food and you just can't eat it? I feel like there's a certain degree of privilege that goes into that and being like, oh, I can't eat what you're giving me. Um, and it really is hard to speak up in a space that just you, you don't belong in um, for a lot of different reasons. There's a lot of intersectionality with being plant-based. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering, with all of this going on, how do you stay connected to your cultures on a plant-based diet?
1: For me, um, what I'm currently doing with my mom and working from home, um, I've just seen a lot of her, uh, more now that we're in one place. I challenge her in the sense of like, I come in with like all these different vegetable alternatives that I feel like can work Um, and be like, so like what you make, but plant-based. And then to her it's like, what, like, what do you mean? Like, it it, it just can't happen that way. And you know, you have that little discussion and um, I've been cooking a lot with her more often um, than before. Uh, And I come to find that like, she, you know, she knows how to, it's just being introduced to that, um, to a, this different source of protein that could work with this play, and I feel like it brought in a lot of conversations that I didn't know about my mom. I feel like I'm getting to know my mom on a whole new level now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting to know, like, in a sense, her traumas, and how, like, she came to uh, be this person, and how,
0: mm-hmm.
1: also very patient, like, and how to not be angry with her um, whenever there are discussions, and I feel like working with her, understanding her childhood, understanding, um, coming where she came from in Ecuador, um, which was complete poverty to where she is now, you know, like struggling in the city, but still like making movements, um, trying to better herself, being a single mother and having, um, seven children and getting everyone into their careers, like being this strong, powerful entity and, um food especially plant-based food um had helped us with this i feel like it's it's binding old wounds um that we've have been constantly ignoring prior to the pandemic in a strange way because i feel like the pandemic you know we were just like day to day like okay we gotta go here we gotta go there time by the time we're here we're just so exhausted we don't even speak we just eat go to bed and like wake up the next day to do it all over again and now it's it's different um yeah, which I'm grateful for. Um, yeah, that's how we celebrate our culture and understanding. Yeah, I think
2: mine is pretty similar as well. I think, well, so my mom is Colombian. And, you know, when she, she came here with, like, little skills of cooking because my grandma also didn't cook, so she... She came here and she learned actually how to cook Colombian and Peruvian food because my dad's Peruvian uh, through YouTube. And it was, was, her name was Wendy and she had a segment called Cocinando con Wendy, Cooking with Wendy. And my mom would learn all of the foods through there. And I remember that when I first was vegan, like when I became vegan and I came home, she was like, "Oh my gosh, what am I gonna cook now? Like, you're not gonna have any protein. Like, I don't know what to do." And I was like, "Mom, it's okay. Like, it's really simple. Like, we we're already really, you know, like we have a lot of plant based um, dishes. We can start there." And I think that you know when we turn vegan or whatever, like we really have to think about what we already eat. That way, it can be so much more simpler. Um, And my mom actually started learning from other people on YouTube until recently, like, Wendy started making vegan vegetarian foods. So my mom just replaced, like, some of the dairy stuff with vegan Mm -hmm. things and still cooks with her. Um, So it's been, like, really great on her end because... I really challenged her to, like, learn new things, um, and she loved it, and she loved it so much, um, and my dad as well, he liked all of the foods that my mom was making, so it was, it, it worked out, um, but that's why we also called, um, whenever someone would give a recipe uh, in for veggie mijas, we called it Cocinando Con and their name, because it reminded Aww. me of, like, my mom and the way that she learned how to cook. And I think that when we think about traditional, right, like what does traditional mean? And to what extent do we want to keep everything so traditional, right? And like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. okay that you can change those traditional foods in order to to make your own. Um, whether that's making empanadas and making them with vegan cheese and guava, you're still making empanadas and you're still making them with your parents. And I think that's really the value of it. Um, And Mm -hmm. you're also valuing, like, your ancestors of, like, honoring the earth that came with you. And, like, honestly, like, that's even more value than eating processed foods that came from colonization. So it's about redirecting what traditional even means in the first place and really digging deep into into how that has played in your family. Mm -hmm.
0: That's awesome. It's like... Traditions are meant to be preserved, but they're also meant to evolve. And you're really, both of you are really transforming tradition by being vegan, but also are plant-based, but also including your family in the journey. Um, but my question is, I, I'm really happy that your families are, you know, embracing this now, and that you're working with your families. But Mariah, specifically, you are, you work with education of Edgy House. um so how do you educate people who aren't as willing to embrace um plant-based living or aren't as willing to listen good question
1: um great actually the thing is I and this is a learning process from within myself um I tend to not critique someone's diet because at the end of the day I'm I i do not know exactly where they're coming from right um I feel like when you're educating people you have to see or you know it's not just educating them you're receiving the education back um you're trying to see where they're at when it comes down to even the thought with food you know what is their relationship with their food um and i feel like by asking those questions of like you know like what do you eat like what is your favorite food how? Um, where do you learn to make this? Or like, what do you like to cook? Or you know, just asking questions based on food to trying to understand what the person, what the where the person is at, um, mm-hmm. and then taking it from there. Meeting people at their level, um, because it is very complex, mm-hmm. and specifically with people who just don't want to. I don't believe that they don't want to. I believe that there's a misunderstanding because it's like we talk about all these other things but when it comes down to food specifically we just consume without like having a second thought of it we're disconnected um a lot of folks are like that uh especially like folks outside the collective folks that are working nine to five 12 hour shifts it's just like we're trying to consume to just live uh and i think it's very important to ask these questions on how or like why they consume the things that they consume just to get them thinking. And I feel like that's the first break. I was just like, okay, this is, you know, I'm I'm trying to understand why I put this into my food and in hopes that as we dig deeper and continue these lessons and um, build this curriculum um, with different people from different states and different cities who have a different background and different relationship with food, we could start to understand these complexities. Uh, yeah, that's how I'm doing it. That's how I'm trying to do it. And it's, it's a learning process, definitely.
0: Yeah, to your note about complexity, I wanna transition a little bit because besides being plant-based people of color, there's a lot to us, right? We're complex human beings. Um, mm-hmm. So how have you been Exploring your identities outside of plant-based living.
1: Um, I read a lot in a way. I, I, I'm also like a theorist, Loki. Like I love going into like just YouTube videos or just like binge in conversation with um my family, whether it's with my sister as well and seeing where she's at. And um, in a way, I get to know my own personal identity by understanding my community better. Because I'm very much driven for community. I feel like, yeah, we are different, but a lot similar. And mm-hmm. yeah, we're different, but very similar. Um, and I feel like by understanding um, my own history, understanding like how I'm here, and understanding like where I want to be, I'm going more in depth with my identity. Um, And some of the things acquire very good habits and some habits is like exercise, like try to meditate more, Um, focus on my own solitude because I feel like being in solitude um, does help a lot with the mind, does help you understand yourself better more than anything. Um, And also trying to keep up with like feeding myself Um, Mm -hmm. and, and just like really seeing what's good for me. And not in just consumption, but even with energies around me. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> awesome.
0: Um, Amy, you, do you write? I do. I do write. <laughs> okay, because I saw some stuff online, that I wanted to double check. So how has <laughs> writing helped you explore your identity?
2: Oh my gosh, that is such a loaded question. Um, I've been writing <laughs>
0: since I was
2: six years old, um, or since I can even write, and I have had all of my diaries <laughs> and journals um. since then. Um I do a lot of self-reflection with writing, um, and I have been doing that a lot. And in college, I just feel like it really just overloaded it. Um, And it was a really reflecting time of, like, who I was and um, why I even went to college and, you know, just realizing about, like, what my family has gone through and, like, how proud I am to be a Colombian Peruvian first-generation queer person um and yeah it was just it was a lot of self-reflection um especially because you grow up with so much media of white people and wanting to be white and like and whatever white culture means
1: mm-hmm.
2: um and embracing myself and embracing my family embracing my traditions and cultures and it's something that you have to do every day Um, Because you're constantly always seeing media um, and other influences and you really just have to really self-love and practice that every single day. It's not something that you do once in a while, but something that you um, have to do and talk to other people about it as well. Um, So writing was definitely a tool that I used to come with that self-reflection. But I also Mm -hmm. think community and my sisterhood um, and remembering that sisterhood isn't about just gender, but talking about these uh, traumas and personalities and your identities and what you truly believe in in order to create um, some change in yourself and some social change.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. And this has been a wonderful conversation. Um, The question that I wanted to close with is that we've been talking a lot about plant-based living and that definitely nourishes the body. But just to go a little bit deeper on what we just spoke about, how have you been nourishing your souls lately?
1: For me, disconnecting um, and taking the time for myself. Uh, as Amy mentioned, you know, there is a lot of influence and especially with social media being there. Um, and sometimes people being uh, very cruel to like the things in your beliefs and um, the things you want to do to your with, with your community, um, but also very supportive. Um, sometimes it can be a lot and you just want to step back. And I feel like I've been doing that right now where I'm just stepping back, focusing um, and grooving into my own tune, you know, thinking more into the future, but while being present at the same time and taking it day by day because it doesn't come easy. Like we're still trying to understand it all. We're still trying to see how um, we can help our communities and, you know, be there without like fully just like over-exasperating your energy. Um, just so that you're good, yeah, and knowing when to ask for help more than anything. Mm.
2: Yeah, I would agree with all of that. Um, I think Mariah and I actually went on a social media break together, (laughs) Um, and we were actually talking about why, and I think just having these conversations and doing a reality check is always so important, Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, coming back into your roots and just being like, social media isn't everything. Like, you have so many other things to fight for. Like, spending time with family, spending time with your loved ones, spending time with sisters. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so excited. Like, Mariah's going to sleep over tomorrow or whatever. Like, I'm just so excited to have Mm -hmm. these moments. And I think that self-care for me um, isn't really about being by myself. I think self-care for me is really about being with other people that I love because that's just how Latinos are, I feel
1: like. <laughs>
2: like and like POC, like, PLC, like we, just, we just grow up with mad people, right? Like self-care oh. has been branded into this thing where it's like you have to be at a bath taking a bath bomb, but it can be a really deep conversation with someone mm-hmm. that you love, and that can be also self-care, so I try to always frame my self-care into something that hasn't been promoted to me, but rather something that like has been already in my roots and something that I have been doing for a while that I love to do. So,
0: yeah. That's awesome. This is self-care for me, talking to both of you. I feel like my soul is nourished just having this conversation. So thank you so much.
2: I'm so excited. Thank Thank you so much for inviting us.
1: Thank you so much.
0: You just listened to Soul. My guests today were Amy Kichis and Mariah Bermeo, and I'd like to thank them for letting the light in with me. If you enjoyed this episode of Soul, share it with a friend, and have them follow us on Instagram at soulthepodcast. That is at S O L -T T H E P O D C A S T. Take care and I will see you soon, sunshine.